Hi, my name is Kara Myers and welcome to the Travel Business Lounge. Each week I chat with women who have built incredible businesses in the travel and tourism industry. You'll hear their inspirational stories of success. We went from 2,000 a month to about 70, 72,000 a month um, in that span of, of nine years. And struggle. I wish that I could tell you that I pivoted really quickly and like jumped back on my feet and I did it. And what they learned along the way. Give yourself the grace of knowing that it's not gonna happen overnight and you're gonna make a ton of mistakes. And as long as you learn from them and move forward, that's okay. So grab a coffee, hit subscribe and get ready to learn and feel inspired. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Travel Business Lounge, the place where we celebrate and learn from female entrepreneurs in the travel industry. Now today I have the absolute pleasure of speaking with Brianna Glenn of Milk and Honey, a boutique travel planning agency based in California that specializes in completely customized trips. As you'll hear in the episode, I originally learned about Milk and Honey on Instagram. A friend of mine shared her experience of traveling with them, and I was totally blown away by the personal touches and her attention to detail. So I reached out to Brianna right away and was thrilled when she agreed to chat with me. This episode is jam-packed with tips on digital marketing as a travel brand. Brianna is a hive mind of knowledge on everything related to personal branding and social media. So if you want to hear her strategies for finding clients through Instagram and attracting her ideal customer avatar, then you won't want to miss it. So without further ado, I welcome Brianna Gwen from Milk and Honey. Hey again, it's Kara. I just wanted to mention one last thing before we dive into the show. This episode was originally recorded in the fall of 2020. Everything that is discussed is still absolutely relevant. You just might notice some references that date it to that time. Uh, but not to worry, there's still loads of great content. So I hope you enjoy it. And now, back to the show. So hello, Brianna. Thank you for being here. Welcome. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you about all things travel and working in travel and everything that makes up my day-to-day -day life. <laughs> great. Uh, well, yeah, like I said when I first got in touch with you, I initially came across your brand, uh, Milk and Honey, uh, when a friend, an old friend from college, Nicole, shout out Nicole for making the connection unknowingly, uh, when she shared a post uh, just raving about her experience having you plan her baby moon. Um, so, I mean, first of all, you know it's legit when you have a friend making the effort to share with her, you know, group of friends, um, a, a review, a positive review of an experience she had with the brand. So that was a big, um, something that really attracted me to you initially, but then just the post she shared was a picture of this personal letter that you had left in their room and just the level of detail, the um, attention to detail and the, the, the personalization was just next level. So I'm really excited to chat with you um, and learn more about Milk and Honey and how, and how you got going with all of this. So let's dive in. First, you know, we'll get to talking about your brand, but let's hear more about your background, how you got into travel and, and go from there. 
For sure. So I've been in this industry as a travel advisor for about five years now. And quite honestly, my route is a little bit different than most. I wasn't in the industry in some different capacity before. I actually graduated in college and spent 10 years as a professional athlete, which is really not a prerequisite to being a travel advisor in any way, except that for 10 years, I did travel the globe. So I traveled the globe competing on different in different countries and on different continents. And that just really gave me my personal love for travel. And I think everyone in this industry really has their own, you know, way that they fell in love with travel that happened to be mine. And so when I retired and was looking for a different career and a different industry to be a part of, I really was just searching for something that like lit me up, that excited me every day. And the question I asked myself was, what do I do already that I really love? How can I make it a business? Um, I don't know if there is <laughs> that's the right way to go about being an entrepreneur, but it worked for me. And so I have always loved planning people's vacations. Number one, it's something I know a lot about. I've been to, I think, around 42 or 43 countries. And so I've traveled extensively. Um, and I'm also super type A. I'm the planner. I'm the organizer. If you are in my circle, you will never be in charge of organizing anything. And so <laughs> something I love. And I was like, how do I just make this something I get to do for people and also get paid? Um, and so that's kind of where the idea came from. I started researching what does it mean to be a travel agent, advisor, whatever you want to call it. Because in my mind, I didn't know any travel agents. I thought those were like long gone. Like who needs those people anymore? And so it's really just figuring out, it was figuring out like, what does that look like in today's world? Where do people need help? Where do they see value? And creating a business based on that and having it just be, you know, that overlap of what people want and what I can provide. And here's my business. And so that was five years ago. Um, I've been kind of, I've jumped in the deep end, learning as I go, crying, creating what I felt was a strong brand that would really be helpful to people in helping their travel dreams, what they kind of imagine as this perfect trip come to life and really making it seamless for them, you know, from start to finish. So it's been great. It's been a, a huge, you know, lovely like ride, wild ride at times. And then right now the, the ride is kind of taking a dip, but we'll be back uh, on the high end soon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's funny, you know, professional athlete to travel planner, travel agent, seems like there's, you know, where, where's the correlation? But actually, if you're being sent all over the world, that is the perfect training to be uh, a, a, travel plan, a travel planner uh, at yeah. a later date. Uh, so how would you describe the Milk and Honey brand? You said you wanted to focus really on building um, a strong brand. How, you know, what type of trips do you plan generally or what type of trips do you offer? So I think my bread and butter and what I'm best at is creating customized, curated um, trips and itineraries for people that really just highlight what matters to them and focuses on, I like to say, where luxury meets authenticity, right? Because luxury means different things to different people. And it's not always about this five-star, you know, four seasons experience, but it is about um really paying attention to details and making sure that the things that light you up and excite you are part of your trip. And so I love creating, you know, personalized itineraries and trips that focus not on necessarily what TripAdvisor says are the five best things to do in a destination, but the things that really light you up. So 
if it's not, you know, spending five hours at a museum and it's drinking wine on a patio instead, like that's what you should do. That's really going to um, enhance your overall experience. And so my business really just, I think what I put out is a lot of what I attract, you know, so I travel a lot, of course, I share that a lot. And the type of things that you know, matter to me when I travel are the same types of things that I think attract the right type of client to my business. Um, so we love planning just curated trips all around the world, not necessarily a specialist in any destination, but definitely specializing in a certain way of travel. Um, and so it's exciting because that means that each and every trip has its own like unique stamp to it. There's no, there's no cookie cutter involved. Um, which makes it interesting, you know, each and every day. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you, if you're, you know, if your specialization is that personalization, and that's totally the impression I got looking at Nicole's post was just how personalized the trip that you had designed for her was. How do you determine what is the perfect trip for each of your different clients? What does that process look like where you learn about them and learn uh, what they will, will want? Yeah. So first and foremost, I think it's like, I personally think I have a pretty good knack at understanding people. Um, so I match that with just obviously my expertise in travel. Um, because a lot of times, you know, when looking at, you know, my experience versus the clients that I work with, I, I'm usually more well-traveled than them, but even so it's still about understanding what they're going to love. And so it's about understanding people first and then kind of just pulling out of them what, who they are and what they're looking for. A lot of times I think people start this vacation planning process with these preconceived notions on what they're supposed to do, but through kind of cons consulting with them and the questions I ask, it's really about getting to what do you want to experience? Who are you? Um, what matters to you? And so the cons consultation process shows me a lot about who they are and the type of questions I'm asking um, are range from anything like what's your favorite way, you know, to spend an afternoon to tell me about a place you've been before and you've loved or an experience that you've had that you're like this never again, you know, finding out those types of things, finding out like what they like to do, you know, do they prefer like a hole in the wall, like super authentic diner experience or like some five, like Michelin star restaurant, those different little things about people help me start to like picture them in a destination. And then I can kind of go about putting together something that allows them because it's a process, you know? Um, but the first step is kind of getting to know who they are, putting something down on paper that allows them to, to go through it and see themselves in the experience. And then they're able to give me feedback. This really love this. This isn't quite our jam. So maybe we can look at something different, but we tweak it until it seems really like the perfect experience to them. So it's definitely a process, but I think it does start with me understanding people really well and then matching that to the right experience. Right. And how, and how long generally does that process last? It, it sounds very involved and, you know, considering you're making that kind of effort for each of your clients, um, it's a, it's a big task. It is. And, you know, the more my business has grown, I, number one, I have gotten better at my processes, you know, because at the beginning, number one, you don't have a lot of clients. So it's easy to kind of just, there's no time limit to the, you know, amount of time <laughs> I will spend on a trip. And now that can't be the case, right? So I have to have my processes in line um, that allow me to kind of go through this for each client and still give them that personal attention and that attention to detail. 
but it has to obviously make sense in a, in a business you know, mindset. So um, from the consultation, which is usually about 20 to 30 minutes, that's you know for us to really get to know each other. But before that happens, they fill out a, a travel design form where I'm asking specific questions and I'm looking for the feedback from them to help me start to get on the same page as them. That way, once we have the consultation, I'm just filling in the blanks, right? Like what else do I need to know about them? Um, from there, I put together a proposal and that's after I've done like the proper research or reached out to any of my preferred partners to get some insight. And once the proposal is done, that's really like I, for most of the time, because unless I've totally got it wrong, but that's m the majority of the time where we have like the real framework. Um, not that it never happens, but most of the time I'm pretty close to the mark by that. So after that, it's just a, a few little tweaks that I need to change. But the time I spend from the consultation to their first proposal, I give myself about a week because I put something together and then I let it rest for a little bit and go back to it. But with each trip, you know, it has its own little blueprint. It just kind of, it follows loosely that same pattern that allows me to spend, okay, a couple of hours this, this day and then come back to it and look at it with fresh eyes before I present it and then get feedback from the clients and, and nail everything down. Right. And your, your trips, you're sending people in the U.S. and abroad, is that correct? It is. And I would say pre-COVID, most of it was abroad. I would say my business was like 95% international trips. Wow. Um, since COVID, that has definitely shifted because it's still important for me to offer my services in a way that's helpful to people now. And right now, there's very few places around the world people can travel to or where they feel safe to travel to. And so it's really just about um, aligning, you know, what I offer to what is available to us right now and where people feel safe right now. But at the end of the day, people are still celebrating big moments in life and wanting to get out and explore. And so we just have to rethink what it is that we offer to make sure that we meet the demand, quite honestly, if all I say is, no, I'm only going to plan a trip to Italy or Spain or Thailand or whatever. And those are places people can't go. I really don't have much of a helpful business. So it's shifted a bit. Yeah. You know, you have to be adaptable in those situations. So let's step back a little bit. When you first started your brand, you came up with the idea of travel planning. What were those first steps that you took to get uh, milk and honey off the ground? You know, for me, the first steps that I took was really understanding the brand experience that I was going for. I wanted to create a brand and then I wanted to learn how to showcase that brand online. Because when you're building a, bit, a business from nothing, nobody knows who you are, what you do, how you help them. That's really what you have to start out or in my, at least in where I was coming from, what I had to start out with, like, how, who am I? What do I do? How do I help people? And how do I showcase that online? So I wanted to have a strong brand presence because I didn't want it to look like a hobby. And I wanted people to know this is who it's for and this is who it's not for, right? So if somebody sees my brand and they're like, great, we've been wanting to go on a really like budget carnival cruise down to Ensenada, they're going to see my brand and be like, that's not the right travel planner for me, which is great. Like it's good that they know that. And it's good that I know that, but unless I have a very strong brand, they might not know that. So I, ne I needed to figure out who my ideal client was and what it was I was offering them and how could I attract them with this 
brand that I've created? And how could I also repel the people that weren't the right fit? So doing both of those things was really important to me at the beginning. And of course, my brand has evolved over the last five years, right? It did take tweaking because you start out and you, and then you make, you know, different pivots along the way when you start to get actual clients and figure out, you know, what it is you're best at and what it is people are looking for. But that from the onset was really important to me to create a brand um, and not just say, oh, I got a, a travel business. That's so like vague. Right. So the branding part of it was really important to me. Yeah, I could really, I mean, you get a sense of your brand just looking at your Instagram. And one thing that I thought was really interesting was how your Instagram, rather than it being milk and honey and showing these kind of generic travel photos, it was very personalized on you. And I guess I'm wondering, you know, how intentional was that and and what was the motivation behind that? Um, Very intentional. And I, not that there's only one way to do it, but what I have found is this idea of personal branding can go really far. It help. I think people like to do business with people, right? So me creating a travel business that just focuses on travel and shows you like these beautiful beaches and these beautiful resorts, while that those things are important, it doesn't differentiate me from anyone else who does what I do. Um, when I showcase myself, my own personal life, but also my personal approach to travel planning, people can then connect with me as a person, understand um, that and feel like they know me, they understand if they like me, and then they feel like they can trust me. And I think that no like trust factor is super important with something that is very personal, which travel is. Um, And so I intentionally create a more personal brand experience online and, and through my Instagram account because then people do feel like they know me and they decide for themselves, you know, before they even contact me, if we're a good fit, like personality wise, how I travel, what I believe about travel, all of those things are, have kind of already been put out there, which is a marketing strategy in and of itself. Um, and secondly, you know, travel is a huge thing online, on Instagram, of course, Instagram is a very visual platform. My little photos aren't doing anything compared to like, you know, travel and leisure, Condé Nast or something like that. So I'm not winning in that category. The only way I win is by being myself. Um, So yeah, I I feel like personal branding has worked well for me and can take you a lot deeper in in a place online like social media. Yeah, I I think that's really good advice and the comparison of, you know, if you're competing with travel and leisure, uh, showcasing, you know, similar photos to them, but with a much smaller audience, you're just not going to, you're just not going to get as far. And I know personally, for me, when I saw your Instagram, um, I, I, you know, I loved seeing the photos of your sweet family and your, your little boy and drinking cocktails on the beach. And I immediately felt like one, I knew you and that two, we could be friends. <laughs> so it was, it, it worked on me. Definitely. <laughs> I love it. You know, Instagram is one of those platforms that is, you know, it seems so effective, but is also so intimidating. And I think for a lot of people who are just starting out, they worry that they're too late to the party, I guess, you know, and travel is an industry that works really well on Instagram, but it's also a really crowded place on on Instagram for people working in travel. So do you have any advice for someone who's, you know, maybe they're just starting their travel business, how to, how to stand out, how to get started on Instagram today? Um, Well, definitely 
approach it with the long game mentality because it really is, you know, social media is first and foremost, a place where we build connections. It's not necessarily the hard sell. And I think we know that intuitively because of usually how we ourselves use a platform. If somebody is just on their platform screaming like, buy this, hire me all the time, you just tune them out because you're like, I'm here for entertainment or to just like catch up with people I feel connected with. I don't want to be sold to all the time. So thinking of it as a long game, like I'm building connections, I'm providing value, I'm providing entertainment and not necessarily like where's the clients? How do I get people to call me tomorrow um, is really, really important. And then the second thing is just having a strategy. If you understand it's the long game and know why you're there and you have a strategy in place and it's just like any other forms of marketing, you just put in the work and understand that like in time it will pay off. The thing about travel is that while I wish there was like a faster process to like getting your business off the ground and thriving and being super profitable, it really does take time. Um, it takes time to get referrals, which is a huge part of it because people have to travel, have a good experience, then refer you to their friends and family. Like that takes time. Um, it takes time for people to trust you. It takes time um, even for people to like plan their next vacation. Often, when people come across my profile, it's not like, oh, great, I was going to plan, you know, my honeymoon tomorrow. Like, that's not really the case. I have people that have followed me for three or four years before they ever reach out. But I've done the work to, to build that relationship over those three or four years that by the time it is, they are ready to, you know, plan a honeymoon or an anniversary trip or whatnot. I've, I've already done the work. And so I know that that long game mentality will eventually pay off. And so people who are just starting Go with it, understand that it's a strategy, put your strategy in place. And then, you know, obviously we all want things to happen faster than they, they usually do. But sooner or later, all of that work does pay off and you do begin to see the ROI um, with, with your time that you spent on it. Do you find, so I'm someone who, you know, I've, I've heard personal branding, you know, how effective it is. And like I just said, it, it works on me all the time. Um, but for me personally, I am someone who struggles to really put myself out there. It's it's scary. So I guess do you have do you deal with any of those fears or do you have advice on how to how to have the confidence to showcase your life in in that way? Um my biggest piece of advice would be to keep doing it. <laughs> um because Mo for most of us, right? It's not this natural thing. Hey, I just love being on camera. I just love just like sharing this personal. Not really. Like a lot of people don't realize I'm way more introverted than I seem on social media. In my personal life, I'm, I'm an introvert. Like put me in a corner with a good book, happy as a clam. Don't need to talk <laughs> to many people. But um, I understand that if I'm, if this is a marketing strategy, then I have to show up. And so the more I do it, the more confident I get. The first couple of times I tried to like speak on camera or do, you know, an Instagram live or a, or a reel or anything like that. It was like 17 takes because I'm like, that's stupid. I sound ridiculous. <laughs> Nobody's going to watch this. But, you know, you do it more and more. The one thing to always keep in mind is that people are never paying as close of attention to us as we think they are. So there's tons of room for grace, right? But also when it is about connection, that's way more important than being perfect. When, when you see people that are just like so perfect and polished, it really comes off as a bit inauthentic a lot of times. So when you can just show up as yourself, people are connected and, and relate to that. 
um, a lot more than like being perfect. And then the more you do it, the more comfortable you get with it. And so it's just about putting in the repetition, to be quite honest with you, and knowing that it gets a little easier the, the more you do it. And also this idea that like, you're going to be a great fit for the right people. And then there's going to be people who just aren't your people. And they're going to have something to say, right? It's like, somebody's going to think I don't raise my kid the right way. That's okay. I'm still going to tell you like what I think, you know, um, somebody's going to have an opinion on who knows, but like, if it's me authentically, then I will connect with the right people. And then the wrong people will just hopefully go away quietly. Um, no need to announce it that, you, that we don't really <laughs> gel well together, but it, I think it does work. So yeah, it's just about, yeah, continuing to do it so it becomes less and less awkward. And also knowing social media, as, as, as I talk about like being, you know, personal and authentic and all of that stuff, you're not like airing dirty laundry, you know, like I really do talk about personal aspects of my life, but not every aspect of my life. There are things that are like super private that I'm not going to just put on social media. It's very intentional what I share, um, just as intentional as what I don't share. So we can all just choose the parts that we feel comfortable sharing that we think is relatable and also um, in alignment with our brand. And then those parts that are just for us or our, our close friends and family, you know, and those that can really work well with you deciding what gets shared and what does not get shared. Yeah, no, that's very true. That's a really good point. Now, would you say most of your clients find you through Instagram or, you know, where are you getting most of your bookings? When I explain how clients find me through Instagram, I think it it's important to make the distinction that there are a handful of clients when I say, how did you hear about me? And they say, I follow you on Instagram. There's also um, the kind of like other people who Instagram plays a part, but it ne might not necessarily be the, pe the thing that people say, right? So if it's a referral, for instance, their coworker might follow me on Instagram. And then therefore she referred me. If I didn't have a strong brand um, presence and a, and a strong like understanding of what my business was, she wouldn't know how to market for me effectively, right? She wouldn't know what to say or who I'm good for. But because I do, then she's there. Oh, I know exactly who you should reach out to. So there's that peripheral um, referral that I always think is a great, a great, use of Instagram, creating essentially what I like to call mini marketers. It's like they can vouch for you to people you might not necessarily be in contact with yourself. And then there are people who might know you in different aspects of your life, right? Like, oh, I went to college with that person or, oh, they go to the same church as me or, oh, whatever. I met them at the park with my, you know, my kid. They follow you for other reasons or they have different reasons that they're connected with you, but they're reminded of what you do on a consistent basis. And so while they might know you in a different realm, your Instagram or your social media is consistently reminding them um, of your business and you're allowed to stay top of mind for that thing that you do. And so that's why I think it is an essential part of a marketing strategy. It's not just for the direct contact of, oh, somebody's planning a trip and they follow me on Instagram and great, like now they're my client. It's all those other things where Instagram plays a part. And we live in a day and age where most of the time 
if a person tells you, oh, you know, this person plans really great chips or this person bakes really beautiful cakes or this person, like it's our kind of human nature to just go like do a little research, right? Like, let me look them up on their Instagram. Let me look them up online. And then they get a feel of if you're for them. If your social media profiles or your website or what have you doesn't do a good job um, at showcasing your brand, you might have lost that client without ever even knowing that it was a possible client to begin with. And so that's another good reason to make sure that your Instagram presence, your social media presence, your online presence, they all kind of work in tandem to showcase your brand experience. That's super interesting. I love the idea of mini marketers because it's so true. You you do. I mean, again, that's the same thing that happened with my finding you was through yeah. a friend uh, recommending you that way. All right. So what are some of the biggest challenges that you've faced in, in building this business? Well, are we talking pre-March? or <laughs> Let's go pre-March and then we can go into post-March. <laughs> um, okay. So, you know, before the whole global pandemic issue, the time thing, you know, just building it and, and knowing that it does take time, that's, it's hard because, you know, the first year, even the first two years, I knew what I was doing and I knew where I was going, but you want to go faster. If you're like me, at least I'm a, you know, Enneagram three, I'm an achiever, like just go, 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 make it be successful. And it doesn't work that way, really. So you just have to be patient. And that was a little bit hard at the beginning, which is why I always tell people new to the industry as well. It's like, make it your side hustle <laughs> until you really like get get going and like, you know, you have a good book of business and you have clients and all of those things because it does take time. It's not an overnight thing. And then also just understanding that your business is going to be good for not everyone. Like there are tons of people who are not great clients and that's okay. Like I need to focus on the people who are, would be great clients. A lot of people love to find deals on Groupon for their travel. That is perfectly acceptable. You know, they're just not my clients. I can't get mad at that. And there are a lot of other types of travel that are just better suited for either a different advisor or a different, you know, way of booking. Those aren't my clients either. Getting really specific on the type of people I want to work with, the type of travel I want to do, and then not getting like distracted by everything else has taken time. But now I know what lane I'm supposed to be in. And that helps me stay focused to who I am. It helps me stay motivated and it helps me enjoy what I do more because I can't tell you the amount of the type of trips I planned in like the first year or two, which it's, it is part of the game. Like you just say yes to anything and everything because you're just happy somebody wants to hire you. And then like realizing you're kind of miserable working on an itinerary that you have no business doing. But then the more you know specific and niche you become, then the more you do that, you actually enjoy and the more type of clients you work with that are just really, really great. So it's been awesome to kind of see that progression over time. Um, that's the pre-COVID answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll get into the post-COVID answer or you know, question in just a second. But you mentioned, you know, maybe starting with a, you know, started as a side hustle. Is that how you got going with your business? Were you working on something else um, in addition to uh, launching this? I know. Well, so I do as I say, not as I do. I jumped in the deep end, but I will tell you that it was a very lean first year and even second year, if I'm being honest. But um, 
I was, you know, it was this weird interim time of my life where I was able to kind of cut my living expenses by a whole lot, focus on the business, um, definitely eat into my savings. So it's, it wasn't for the faint of heart, but you know, I was single at the time I could eat top ramen for dinner. That wasn't a big deal. <laughs> so I had a lot of, 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 you know, reasons why I made it okay in my mind, but I also gave myself no, like no second option. I was just like, this, this has to work. This is the business I have. It's the only thing that, um, I have going for me at the moment. So I'm going to figure out how to make it successful. And so, while I did have more time to focus on it um, because I didn't have something else to do, it also, it, it took some time for it to really get off the ground. Um, and so I had to be patient in that season. And so my advice is more so like, if you can, you know, you want it to seem professional you want it to put out there that like you are a legitimate business and that all of that. So even when I say side hustle on the, on the front end, it's going to look like, you know, the whole enchilada. And then, you know, on the back end, you might still be having your other part-time job that keeps you afloat. That's all well and good. If you need, you know, health insurance, please don't just dive into being a travel advisor and that's all you have. So yeah, I always, yeah. What my advice is, is not the same thing that I actually did. What are the things that you should be investing money in? If you've got a limited budget in the very early days, what should you be maybe waiting to invest in later on once you have more money coming in? And what should you, from the get-go, put your money and time into? Um, I always say looking professional is so important, right? So like your website and your online presence is going to say a lot about the way that people see you from professionally, right? So if you have just a very like janky website that looks super DIY, why would somebody trust you with their $10,000 vacation budget? You know what I mean? So making sure that you look professional is really, really important. And then once you get going, um, having systems in place is super helpful in like building your business in a way that can actually sustain growth. So while you might jump into this um, industry and say, oh, well, I plan my family's vacations and you know, my best friend called me when she was going on her honeymoon, I know what I'm doing. It's very different when now you have like this many clients to handle and keep track of and this many. And so putting together systems and processes that like help you actually run kind of like a well-oiled machine on the front end, will save you a big amount of like stress and headaches and whatever down the line when now you have like too much to handle and you're supposed to trying to remember it all or like look at your sticky notes that are like taxed to your desk on like what deposit is due? Have I invoiced these people? Should I be following up with that client? And all the things that go into the process of you know planning tra travel, um, a good system can help help you in huge, huge ways. Yeah. And that, I mean, one thing I, I really wanted to talk to you about was productivity and systems because, you know, I, I know you have a young family, um, obviously working in travel, you're going to be traveling yourself quite a bit. So how, how do you manage that? I mean, I guess the answer is, is systems, but also just on a personal level, how do you cope with, you know, having to be away um, and, and traveling while still having a, a personal life? Yeah. I mean, and it's changed over the years, but I think it has changed for the better. Um, I started out my business like wearing all the hats. And of course, most of us are going to have to do it that way. That's just how it is. But then I got to the point and it always comes before you think you're ready, but realizing that I just needed help, that it wasn't um, 
scaling a business doesn't happen when you do all of the things in the business. It doesn't work that way. And so getting help before you feel like you can afford it usually is how it goes. But I started with hiring a VA um, and offloading some of the stuff that just needed to get done, but totally didn't have to be me. Um, and that's a lot. When you're running a small business, there's a ton of other things that go beyond the like glitz part of it um, that just have to get done. So a VA really helped with that. And then the next big thing that has been helpful for me is when I did get pregnant and I realized, uh-oh, <laughs> this little person is probably going to mess things up a bit when it comes <laughs> to like how much I'm able to work. Um, I started looking for what I essentially felt was like a way to clone myself, right? So I brought somebody on to basically just like brain dump all the things that I do, all the processes, all the systems, make it all organized so somebody could essentially like do what I do. Um, of course, there are parts of my business that I feel like are very me and will mostly stay me. But cloning yourself is a very big part in giving yourself breathing room in your business. So once I did that, not only was I able to take like a maternity leave and not worry that like while I'm in the hospital, <laughs> my business is falling apart or the first three months after, you know, I had time to just step away as needed and somebody was like keeping the ship afloat. Um, but also it was the first time I was able to travel and actually be on vacation, like legit not have to be in my inbox every single day or be taking phone calls from other people traveling who had a question about a mistransfer or something like that. That was a huge, huge step in the right direction for me in being a business owner is cloning myself enough to give myself that breathing room in my business. And so that's where I'm at now, um, having, you know, a couple of people that I work with that I really, really trust that know what I do, that I've set up systems that can be replicated by somebody else. Um, all of that creates a lot, a better work-life balance for sure. I can tend to be a workaholic, but that's kind of like how I've always been. So learning how to step into this next, at least this season of life where I just have time where I'm, I'm not available or I'm not working or my computer is actually shut is really important. And it's a hard thing to learn for a person like me, but I'm, I'm doing the best that I can because my family deserves that. And like, this is a season, you know, I could have another season where it looks different, but for this season, I've worked hard enough to be able to make that happen. And it's been a really great blessing, you know, so that's what I've done. That's good. I'm glad that you've you've got to the place where you're you're able to to relinquish some of that responsibility and enjoy your time with your family a little bit more. Yeah. All right. Let's get into post COVID. <laughs> um, unfortunately, uh, yeah. I mean, we already talked about it a little bit about how you've transitioned to more domestic uh, travel and trips, but I guess if you could just speak a bit more about how your businesses had to pivot and kind of what you see for the future going forward. Yeah. So, you know, um, what happened with COVID and the travel industry is essentially like it blew it all up, right? Everybody who has a travel business has seen essentially most of 2020 just be a complete cluster. And 
first comes just accepting that because at, at the beginning you're like, oh, geez, what's happening? Well, maybe in a month or two, we'll kind of get back on track. And so you, you have that like hopeful outlook. And then as this thing has progressed and it's affected more and more of your year, um, it's, it's been different. So I've had to kind of like, from a mindset perspective, understand that like, okay, like my, my business on what I planned for 2020 and what 2020 actually is, that's all out the window. What do I need to do now? Part of it is um, transitioning or pivoting in a way where, like I said, I can still be helpful to the type of people who um, are still trying to have travel experiences and do something um, this year. The rest of it is really just having more of a long-term perspective, um, understanding that like the relationships that I've built with clients over the years, travel's coming back. And so while there might be a subset of people right now who feel comfortable traveling and their travel is going to look different. So I need to align my business more with domestic trips, shorter trips, trips you can drive to, trips that are, you know, socially distance friendly, all of those things. There's that. And then there's also the like, look to the future. How am I setting myself up for when travel comes back? Because travel will come back. I don't know the exact when, but I do know it will. And I want to make sure that my business is correctly positioned to thrive in that environment. I think it's going to be a slow build. I don't think that like, you know, January 1st, 2021, the whole world wants to travel again. It's going to be a slow build in terms of people who feel comfortable. It's going to be a slow build in what is available. Like, do people want to go to the Coliseum or the Vatican, you know, right now and be around tons of people? Maybe not. And so destinations will look different. Um, the most popular destinations might not be popular for a while and different types of travel might be higher on the radar. So it really is just about understanding what's trending, what's coming next and positioning milk and honey to just be, be in the know and be able to help people where they're at. That's great. I love your positive attitude, but also your practicality. It seems that you've approached every question and every aspect of your business in the same way. So thank you, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Yeah. Uh, before we sign off, if people want to get in touch with you, where is the best place for them to do so? Sure. So um, I love to connect on social. That's kind of my jam. So on Instagram, I'm at Brianna Glenn, which is my name. But I do talk about all things travel with a little bit of, you know, family life and fun sprinkled in. And then online, um, milkandhoneytravels.com, just for not only, you know, if you do want to travel yourself, but also for just for inspiration and ways to kind of like, I love to share and be an open book in whatever way people find helpful. So I try to do that as much as possible. And I'd love to hear from you. Great. Well, thank you so much.